Welcome to Educator Forever, where we empower teachers to innovate education. Join us each week to hear stories of teachers expanding their impact beyond the classroom and explore ways to reimagine teaching and learning. Cindy Weaver is an online course consultant and graphic designer. She has been in the education industry for over 20 years, teaching in public and private schools and developing an independent program combining art and literacy. She is the founder of Course Magic Designs, where she offers one-to-one course planning workshops and her new program, the Course Creation Express, a self-paced program to support entrepreneurs in building courses to grow their businesses. Welcome, Cindy. So glad to have you here with us. Hi, Lily. It's great to be here. Wonderful. Well, I'd love to have you tell us about your journey as an educator. Okay. Well, I've taught for over two decades, so it's kind of long, so I'm not going to go into all the details, (laughs) or we might be here a long time. But it kind of, as I was reflecting on it, I see it in about four phases. And the first one, I loved my college education. I just was so ready and so excited. And then I got my first job at a private school and I had no planning time, no breaks during the day. I even had to eat with the kids and they couldn't talk. So I had to keep them quiet during lunch. So I worked from about 7 a.m. to 10 o'clock every night. And, you know, I went through those two years just so stressed and crying. And so I feel like this phase is I've been tricked. You know, I went through my college degree and now I got my first job and this is what it is. Yes. You know, so after about two years, we actually moved to another state and I got another job and it was a public school and people were coming in asking me if they could help. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I I get money. And, you know, so it was a whole different situation. However, it seemed that because I got more help, I created more work for myself. And so the patterns weren't really shifting of me working from 7 to 10 p.m. and sometimes on the weekends. And so one day I just, I had my stomach got into a knot and I had, I guess, an anxiety attack. And my husband took me the next day to the doctor. And I remember on the way there, and I mean, I was only in about my fourth year of teaching and I was already burned out. So... I was just saying, I don't want to go back. I just want to be at home. I just want to stay home with my kids. So anyway, we kind of took care of that. But it was kind of this phase I'm calling the revolution or a come to Jesus moment because I really had to look at myself and examine what was going on. Because yes, there are things, there are external factors that districts and schools put on us But I realized that I was also creating a lot of my own suffering. And, you know, one of the things I realized is that I was operating out of what other people thought a good teacher should be, Mm -hmm. not what I thought a good teacher should be. And so I was responding to a lot of external factors. And so I just had to stop and say, what, what do you think, you know, and how are you going to go on from the inside out? And so that really helped me. And I just kind of cut back on a lot of things. And it's like, well, you know, before it was like, I have to do this or, you know, I won't look like a good teacher. And now it was like, I don't care what I look like. I care what I am. And I care what I am with my students. So that was one thing that happened during that revolution period. The other thing was, I realized I was leaving my own passions outside the door of my classroom. So I loved 
like all the all the creative arts. And so I brought them into the classroom and I used dance to teach patterns in math and I taught my kids to read through song lyrics and I just did a lot of of more artistic projects and I was happier and I think mm-hmm. the kids really loved it. And then I learned, you know, that I had no boundaries. I had no professional boundaries. So I really started working on that. So all those things together, I realized that it kept me from leaving at that time. And it created a happy place for me. And I had to take responsibility for that. And I feel like that is the piece that just kept me loving teaching at that point. Oh, I love that. I mean, just I just want to break in for a sec to say yeah. like, yes, I resonate with all of that so much. And I think that so many teachers, like we take on all of these ideas of things we should do or have to, and sometimes we're told to do, right? Like I mm-hmm. do believe that the school system is broken. <laughs> you know, I have mm-hmm. really kind of praise upon teachers who feel like we have to do all the things. Right. And I also agree and, you know, wanted to empathize, like sometimes we do create that suffering for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, of like the expectations we put on ourselves that we've internalized or that have come from, you know, what people have told us or our own selves right. can be so limiting too. So I love through this and I can't wait to see the next phases of your journey, <laughs> but I love through this, you know, how you're kind of rediscovering yourself through the process too, of right. being like, all right, yeah. I want to bring in this. I want to bring in this creativity. And it kept you fueled in the classroom. And Mm -hmm. it's a good model for kids too. Well, and you know, even from the beginning, from my phase one, when I felt like I'd been tricked, I knew from the first day I set foot in the classroom that I loved teaching. Mm -hmm. And I always have, you know, even though, you know, there are all those pieces around us that we don't love. I just knew that I loved it at every stage. So anyway, then eventually we moved to another state and I started in a new district. And so this phase is more like teamwork because in this district, in this school, we had common planning times and I had a fantastic team. And so it was characterized to me as fun and creativity and support. And so we kind of divided and conquered. And so I was working less. So, you know, bringing all the other pieces that I just told you about, you know, the boundaries and continuing with those I just felt like a happy teacher, even though sometimes, you know, there were external factors that I wasn't happy with. But if more was put on my plate, I could just say, okay, I'll do that. But something else will have to go because I won't do both. And so, you know, I would just eliminate something else. And that was all part of the boundaries. So I kept myself pretty happy that way. I loved my team. We worked so great together. And so that was that phase. And I was there for 13 years. And then I went back to get my master's in technology because I was loving technology and bringing it into the classroom. At the same time, I had a very traumatic event happen in our family, and I went to see a therapist. I started with her, and she was really wonderful, and we did great work together. And after two years, I was still working with her, and then one time I felt a little anxiety, and I wanted just to see her. And I went to her calendar, and I realized that she had no openings and she was booked out for two months. Hmm. And I was getting my master's in e-learning and I went to her website looking for resources. I would have paid anything, you know, just to have her voice, not to go Google something else. And she had nothing. So the next time I saw her, I said, would you ever consider like putting any kind of course or videos or anything on your website? I said, because I'm getting my master's and it just seems like it'd be so easy, you know? And she said, I would love to. She said, I agree with you, but 
it just overwhelms me. She said, I don't know how to do any of that. I don't know how to plan a lesson. I don't know how to do the technology. And I was like, but that seems so easy. <laughs> I mean, because it was a combination of all the teaching pieces and what I was doing in my master's. And so it was right at that point that I just saw that there was this gap that healers and life coaches didn't have that they needed for their clients. But I didn't do anything about it at that point. And then COVID came. And there we were. And I was at home for two years online. And I realized that I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. I loved waking up and just going down the hall to my office in the morning. And I have a very long commute. I live in a mountain town. I have to commute down to the city. And so I had no commute. And so there was one thing that I could tell was starting to inch me out the door. Then I went back. And that year that I went back after COVID, I had the best year ever. I had the best class. It was just so delightful. But I just felt, I just felt like being pregnant, like something was shifting, like there was something deep inside of me that just wanted geographic freedom, that wanted to work from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't really so much that I was trying to get out of teaching, but I was trying to go to something else that was trying to take birth in me at that time. Yes, beautiful. So the next year, it just so happened that there was a math interventionist position and it was four days a week. And I I had seniority, so I didn't need to move, but one of our team members was going to need to move. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, like, I don't know if I can make the money work, but I'm going to do that. And it worked out fine. And I loved it. But the thing is, I had every Wednesday off. And when I got up on Thursday, I didn't want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to work from home. And so, you know, you just have to pay attention to the cues and the things you're feeling around you and inside you. And so what I did is I didn't want to just jump. So and this was kind of like three years out from when I, I left. And so I started studying with this coach, this online coach from Hawaii, and I did a year program with her on the online course creating business. But I did it while I was still working and I did it in the summers and I did it here and there. And I started getting my space ready and my head ready. And so I started purging my classroom and just cleaning it as if every year that I was there was going to be my last. Mm-hmm. And I never, people would always ask me, when are you going to, Are you? how long are you going to teach and whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, one of these days I'm just going to be gone. And so <laughs> last year I went, you know, and I, I was in this math interventionist position and in April, maybe end of March, I woke up and I was just like, I'm done. And I just yes. knew that I was done. And probably from, from that point until May, I cried because, you know, teaching was my life. It was my identity. It was my love. And like the thought of not setting up a classroom in the fall and just, leaving my team. And there were just so many reasons. And when I walked out of the, from my school in the last day, I, I cried. And when school started this year, I cried. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, you don't always, you know, leave when things are bad. Yeah. Sometimes yes. you leave because it's time to leave <laughs> the end. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's so beautiful. And like, such a good reminder to everybody. And I definitely resonate with your story too, of that Sometimes you do just know, and it's not ever 100% like 
I'm happy to make this transition, at least in my experience, you know, Uh it's like, you know, that it's time. And I love that you kind of honored that voice. Cause I think oftentimes we hear that voice being like, I think it's time. I think it's time, but we kind of shove it down, you know? And so I Uh think that that is really amazing and something to celebrate also. And also the fact that I feel the same way of like, I love teaching. Mm-hmm. In some ways, even though I haven't been in the classroom for 15 years, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm very happy with the business I build and all the things I do, you know, I'll go to my kid's school and they'll be like, oh, do you, do you want to come back to teaching <laughs> all the time, every year in hiring season? And then right. I'm like, oh, do I? You know, I always yeah. have that time. I'm like, do I? Maybe I do. Uh, yeah. And I think too, though, there are a lot of pieces that were getting harder and we're really taking more of my energy and I wanted my energy back. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing. I wanted geographic freedom and I wanted my energy back. And I was talking to my daughter and I said, I'm so like, I'm so sad about leaving. And like, she's a teacher too. And she said, mom, I think right now you have rose colored glasses on because if you actually went back, you know, you would realize all the realities of why, why you left too. Yes. Uh, Well, I love how you also broke down your story into the four chapters too, I kind of want to go back and do that with myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's a nice practice of like, I was listening to a podcast with Jane Fonda, who was reflecting uh-huh. back on her life and how important it was to tell the story of her life, like in her own mind, you know, mm-hmm. of like, really thinking about what's happened and putting this frame on it of these different chapters, I think can be really helpful and see the season that we're in right now. Right. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the business that you have been building? Okay, so I actually started three years before I left teaching, but just in little pieces, you know. And then when I had every Wednesday off I had that day, I'm really glad I did it that way because I feel like I knew everything about course creating except marketing. And that's one of the biggest pieces of a business. Yes. You know, it was really great to have your paycheck at the end of the month. And you could you could be working on your business and not have pressure that you had yes. to get, have you know, a paycheck. So anyway, I'm really glad and I would just advise anyone to do it that way. So I started that and then I started with one-to-one clients where I just work with them. It's called the course planning workshop and we work on creating their course. And the thing that has surprised me is that, you know, all the pieces of teaching that come so natural to us, they don't to a lot of people. Right? I know. I agree. It's so shocking. <laughs> yeah. So I have a client right now and she's a Chinese medicine practitioner and she wants to create a course actually to give herself more freedom. And she sent me an email and she said, I'm so glad I'm I'm working with a teacher. She said, because I just realized that nobody ever taught me how to teach. And then I realized that, you know, think how many lesson plans we've made. It just yes. comes natural and you don't even know that you're you're doing that. So... I think that was a big plus. Anyway, I work with one-to-one clients. I also run a six-week cohort with the same process. I've developed a five-step methodology to go from clarity. My very first piece is clarity. And the reason that I did that, I didn't do that initially, but every time people came to me, they didn't know what they wanted to do. So, you know, I thought, well, we need to get clear first and we need to dive in and then they can do it because they can't make a course if they don't know where they're going. So anyway, sure, it starts with clarity. And I use the same five-step method with my six-week cohort, except that we meet together. They do some homework. We meet together. And we do that for six weeks. I created a clarity course called The Pearl just because I kept running into so many people who wanted to do the new thing but didn't know what. So it's a mini course. It's actually on my website. And it's called The Pearl. And it's taking a deep dive into getting clarity. 
And so I put that out as a course and I worked with about five clients on that. And now it's on my website. And I just created a new program, which is a work at your own pace, six module course teaching people how to create a course. And it also has a resource library called the Course Cafe that gives them more resources to help them with building their course. And they get coaching call with me before they even start. So I can jumpstart with them and help them know where they're going. And then we have a Facebook group for unlimited feedback. So those are the things that I'm doing with the course creation business right now. Wonderful. That's great. And I've had the same experience, you know, going from a classroom teacher working with people who had never been teachers before and various Uh tech companies and things like that, you know, and being like, oh, it makes me clearer on what I have learned as a teacher. And I think that being around other teachers, you know, my parents were teachers. I was around, all all my friends are teachers, (laughs) you know? So I really was around teachers all the time. And I don't think I fully realized the breadth of skills that we develop in the classroom. And so it's interesting being in different contexts and being like, oh, okay, you know, just like I couldn't do Chinese medicine, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it makes sense, like, you know, why these things maybe aren't as natural for other people. It's true, because when I first started, and I was taking this program with this course business coach in Hawaii, and there were half of us, it was a group coaching program, half of the people came as marketers and half came as teachers. And Mm -hmm. I remember one of the marketers saying, like, I have no idea how to teach. I feel like an imposter. And I just remember thinking, well, that's the easy part. It's marketing that's yes. hard. <laughs> yes, totally. I still feel absolutely. that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know marketing was a whole new beast for me, you know, oh, yeah. starting my business too. Uh, do you have any tips for people on what, what has worked for you to kind of learn that world? Well, I have a marketing coach right now also, and I'm in a group marketing program. And honestly, without that, I don't even know if I would be able to stay. <laughs> yes. Because it's it's big. You know, the marketing piece online is big. I think the biggest thing for me is when I first started this, I thought it was just going to happen like overnight kind of. And you know, then like on social media you'd see people like work with me and and make your 10k months and I was like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And so what I realized when I got into this coaching program that a business is something you grow over time which is another reason for not just quitting. I mean, if you quit teaching and go into a, and get a job somewhere where you're assured a paycheck right away, that's a different thing. But one of the things I knew is that I wasn't going to go to another nine to five if I was leaving teaching. If I was leaving teaching, I was going to work for myself and I was going to call the shots. (laughs) So I just had to, you know, settle in and realize that it's a process. It's a growing process and to let it grow. And just to take the step every day, you know, take the step every day. I totally agree too with the building a business. It does take time and finding your audience and getting clear on what you're offering and connecting Mm -hmm. with people. All of that takes time. And when I first, you know, I left the classroom, but I did contract work with other companies when I first left the classroom. And for years, while I was building Educated Forever, I was just on had another podcast interview where I was talking about like the pieces of the pie kind of shifted, you know, where it was like, I was doing work that I knew I would get paid for, (laughs) for other Uh people. And that was probably 90% of what I was doing. And I was working on my business 10%. And over time, the paid work for other people shifted, you know, until eventually it went away to just be my business. But that took years. 
you know? Right. And so I think that mm-hmm. whether you're a classroom teacher, like you were building this business on the side, or, you know, if you are, if you're like, I want to leave the classroom right now, you know, there's no shame. And it actually can be really amazing to like get some contract work or a part-time job or exactly. something that right. provides that stability financially while you're committing to growing this other part. Absolutely. I love that. And like, sometimes I'll just go on Upwork and I'll just, you know, pick up small jobs and and that kind of thing. And I also, during COVID, I did something that I just wanted to do. I had wanted to do for a long time. I have been a freelance artist, a portrait artist. And so I have some artwork and I'm a big journaler. And so I wanted to create my own journals with my own artwork. And I just kind of wanted to do it for me. And I created five of them. And then I put them on Amazon and then they started selling. And I mean, then they had like a lull because I didn't realize that like when you create something to sell, you actually have to market it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) And so, you know, now every now and then I'll bring them kind of out of the closet or whatever and just, you know, put them on social media and then people will buy them. But anyway, that was my first introduction to passive income. And I was like, I created those once and now, you know, they keep selling. So anyway, I need to kind of maybe revisit those and just be a little more active with those too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And all of your marketing skills that you're learning for your course business, yeah, you, know, right. you can use over there too. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, I'd love to hear a little bit about personally what you've learned about yourself through this whole journey of starting your own business. Well, what I, I loved and I wasn't sure of is that I love teaching. And that this course creation business is actually just another iteration of teaching. I love all the planning and the organizing and the creativity, the projects and the curriculum development. So I, I realized it, you know, when I was eight years old, I asked my mom if I could gather all the neighborhood kids and teach them. So, you know, I just, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, I just have realized that I love teaching and I love, I have to be creating to be happy. And this does help me to be able to do that. And the other thing I learned is that I can do terrifying things mm-hmm. because doing this is terrifying. I think yes. it's yes. not that I stay in a state of fear, but it's like I have so many things that I've never done that before. Okay, just go do it, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> so absolutely. I love that. Yeah, it's just a good thing to, because if you don't want to face that, then don't do it. You can't do it. You know, you can't step out of teaching or anywhere else if you're not willing to face the terrifying thing. And I think I've understood my energy patterns a little bit more because like when you teach, I mean, you have to go to the bathroom on schedule. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm home, <laughs> like I had to get up at 5.30 to get to my job. And now I've realized that my natural waking time is between 6.30 and 7. And then my energy is that I work for four hours and then I have to take almost two hours off. Yes, and then great. it comes back again late afternoon to evening. And so I just know that. So I kind of plan around my energy patterns where when you teach, you know, you just can't do that. Not only do you can't, can't you yeah. plan, <laughs> it's taken from you <laughs> like every minute of the day. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a gift definitely to be able to pay attention and kind of lean into those times. And I think going back to the like doing things that are terrifying Absolutely. I mean, I found the same thing starting a business. It's so different from teaching, which I, you know, when I first started teaching, I probably felt terrified because it was new. You That's know? true. And I remember, especially right. when I was student teaching, 
Like my mm-hmm. very first times being in front of a class felt terrifying. Yes. But then I think because it's so, it becomes so scheduled, right? Like where it's like, all right, a new class this year, done mm-hmm. it before. Let me pull out my things for the first week. It's not terrifying anymore. Right. And in some ways that's great. And in some ways that's not great. You know, and I felt I like know. when it became less terrifying, I wasn't learning as much. And so right. I do think the flip side of like things that are terrifying are really where the growth happens. And so being willing to go through the uncomfortable, <laughs> terrifying moments, which happen to all of us, like really mm-hmm. do cause all this growth personally and professionally. Right. In fact, that's why I journal so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to like process the thing that I'm saying that I can't do so yes. that I can get to do it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think the last thing that I have really learned is that the importance of surrender, because a lot of times I'll just find myself pushing and trying to push through and push through. And then I'll just stop. And like, for a day, I won't do any business thing. And I'll just refocus. And somehow without me, things start happening. And so I think letting go and surrendering are a big part of any new endeavor. I was going to say business, but I really think it's any anything new that you do. I agree. I was actually, the call I was on before this was talking about the same thing where I was like, I feel like my default has always been like, hustle, like do the thing exactly. from like being mm-hmm. a teacher to starting a business of just like, I'm doing the thing. And I think that for me also, I found in those moments of surrender, of being able to just like, wait for the thing to happen, have that integration yeah. of your mind or what you've learned or whatever everybody else is doing, you know, right. that that's really important too. And that it's not just like, push through and that's not how I cognitively want to live right (laughs) I've been in this mode of just like push through too so I appreciate that so much yeah it it reminds me of I have this friend who's a therapist and she said when she works with somebody the first thing she does is tell them to go home and clean their closets (laughs) and I totally understand what that does for you you know and so what I've tried to do is like you know do that like with my emails and just like not get backed up, but just Mm -hmm. take a day and kind of go through things and, you know, stay organized. Yes, absolutely. So what advice would you give for educators who are maybe thinking about kind of like you were, you know, a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. maybe I want to do something else. Maybe I want to explore options beyond the classroom. Well, you know, one of the things I would like to say is be sure that leaving is what you want to do. Because if you remember my, I don't know, phase, I think two, it was revolution, come to Jesus moment, is that I almost left the classroom at that point. I was, I was totally burned out. And what I really needed is not to leave, but to change. And so number one, be sure that, you know, you need to leave or that you want to leave or that you're feeling something like kind of calling you to leave. And Don't jump ship to get away from your challenges because it's likely that you'll have, you're just trading challenges, (laughs) especially like if you're going to like a new job, I think just going to get a job and looking for jobs and doing interviews, you know, you might end up more unhappy. So I just think that's a careful thing, you know, to be careful with. I think I had to do a lot of reflection and with that, it was like, kind of getting to know yourself again, because you've had this identity as a teacher. And so now it's like, if I'm going to make a next step, what really do I want to make it into? And who am I? 
So just noticing what lights you up and noticing where your passions are and look in that direction, you know, so that the next step can be something that truly inspires you. And like I said, if you are leaving, start purging your classroom and acting. Give yourself the message that you are leaving. Start setting up an office space at home, even if it's a tiny little corner, and just get yourself ready, you know, in that way. Wonderful. Yeah, I love that idea. Create space for that new chapter to start unfolding, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Cindy. It was so nice talking with you. Want to figure out your next step as an educator? Watch our free on-demand workshop and embrace a career pathway that works for you. Go to educatorforever.com slash workshop. You'll get introduced to the many options for flexible, rewarding work beyond the classroom and make a plan for landing jobs.